Hi, welcome back to Maloney, Fourier, and Mego. Sitting here getting ready for the Bees Game 5 down in Carolina. The Bruins have tied this thing up 2-2. Two to two. We're going to talk some hockey now with the 18-year vet, Ray Ferrero, who works for ESPN and TSN, joining us in the Harbor One Hotline. Ray, how you doing? It's Lou, Christian, and Mego. I'm doing good, guys. I'm uh, I'm just trying to get Levy to shut up in the front seat here. So oh, good luck I'm trying to get over to the game. No chance. No chance. Yeah, good luck with that one, Ray. So, so we're trying to figure out how this uh, series kind of turned around. I know Cassidy kind of downplayed that like last change, home ice, but it seems like it's really freed up that first line. So you tell me, has that been a big key factor for the Bruins turning it around? How difficult will that be in Game 5 for the Bees? Well, well yes, but start of the game earlier when they, you know, when they put the three big guys back together. You get that, you get that line together with Marshan and Pasternak and Bergeron. I mean, it's, it's been one of the best lines for more than a few years. And, you know, in, in the season, they're looking for balance. You know, you a lot of games you got to try and get offense all over the place they were desperate they had to get those guys together because that's their most dangerous group they've got uh, i think it's eight of their last 11 goals that line now when they go back to boston they can get away from jordan stall and whether you know coaches are probably not you know they're, they're probably not wanting to take too much credit or you know or pull too much light onto themselves mm-hmm. but there were a couple of decisions that cassidy made that help change the series. One of them becomes easy because they, Bergeron doesn't have to deal with that monster Jordan Stahl. I mean, he's, he's really hard to play. He's 220 pounds. He's six foot four. And now the perfection line's got to fight through that tonight because shift after shift, they're going to see those guys every shift. You know, other than that, has it just, it, not, it can't just be home ice, right? Home and away. Like what about special teams? What about, you know, just, you know, crunch moments. What about goaltending? What, is, what, do you, what do you think has been the biggest difference between the first two games and the second two games? And the last two games, sorry. Well, I, I don't think there's anything that's too small not to say, to say was different in games three and four because when we left the rink in Raleigh after game two, my thought was this is five games. Boston can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see how they're going to be able to slow Carolina down like the difference was was that stark as you know like I'm standing three feet from the ice and I'm like man one team is going way faster than the other how do you fix that well the goaltending was better although I don't think that was the problem in one and two Swayman was was terrific the Bruins started to defend like they have all year which is miraculous actually because they you know they didn't have Lindholm for both games and then McAvoy for game four like I would have never thought they could have done that again their discipline has been better than Carolina's. Carolina takes, I don't know what, they take nine penalties in game four, and, uh, you know, they give up four power play goals in the two. That's the best penalty-killing team in the league. They give up four power play goals in two games. So all of those things matter. Um, the Bruins just, I don't know, they, they just look more like what I would expect the Bruins to play like. Uh, this very easily could be seven games, and it all plays you know, for the marbles in six days here in, in Carolina. Like, it's, I don't see one team being way better than the other. Looking at the offensive side, uh, Taylor Hall didn't have a shot in game four. And, you know, you saw you spoke about Pasternak being moved back up that line. Uh, he's skating with Coyle and DeBrusque. What do you have to do to get Taylor Hall going a little bit more and offer you another threat there? You, you know, I, I think there's a point where, you know, where – Teams look like, how do we get uh, an important player like Hall going? And the responsibility has to go to the player. 
like you can ask Charlie Coyle to help get Taylor Hall going. You can, you can ask uh, Eric Halla to help Taylor Hall. You can ask Jake DeBrusque to Jake DeBrusque to help him. But Taylor Hall's a look. He's a former MVP in this league. When Taylor sticks his nose down, like when he really drives with the puck, he changes the line that he's with. And and I I think more than anything, that's what has to happen. Look, they can they talk about their balance. Well, the balance of their scoring came when you put this incredibly talented player in David Pasternak on their line. He changes everything for them. So now they've got to find a way to grind through a little bit more because it's not going to be as silky smooth as with Pasternak. You know, they talk about uh, greasy Jake, you know, playoff Jake, mm-hmm. DeBrusque, and, you know, we're, he, you've, you've got to score different ways. We saw it in Pittsburgh last night. They, they scored seven goals and Three of them were on defense or were on deflections. One of them was on a, you know, a, a reviewed play that took about four minutes to review. Like they're not pretty, and maybe that's what Taylor Hall has to get to. All right, we're talking to Ray Ferraro, who's got the game tonight on ESPN. And Ray, you mentioned it before: no McAvoy, no Lindholm. He didn't make this trip, and I always felt like you know, you know, I mean, you've seen it before. I'm sure, like the star loses, you lose the star for the game, and and the team sort of rebounds. But how long can that happen? Hopefully, you you get him back in another couple games. But is this a game where no Lindholm, no McAvoy, where that Bruins decor kind of can get exposed? I I really do think so. Uh, one of the things that the Bruins did really well is they. They kind of hid Josh Brown in, yeah. you know, in, in game four. Well, they can't hide him in game five. Like, he's got to play 10 to 12 minutes. Otherwise, you're just going to overload the heck out of everybody else. And it's one thing to go from 20 to 22 minutes, but if you're asking Brandon Carlo to go to 25, 26 minutes or Matt Grizzlick to get up into the mid-20s, man, you're, you're really asking a lot against a Carolina team that's super fast and really aggressive. I, I think... Carolina will be really enthused to be back home. This place is, honestly, guys, it's a madhouse. It's crazy in there. And so they'll have all this energy, and that Bruin D is going to be under a lot of pressure. And, man, McAvoy just insulates them from so much. He's so good. And now and then you lose Lindholm, too. And, um, you know, this will be a tough one for them, but they've, they've done it before. You know, they've – there's just something about when this team plays well, even though it's not as good maybe as a team from a couple of years ago and stuff, but when they play well, the the Bruins can really lock it down. They can play really tightly. They don't give up much. If they get good goaltending, you, you try to win 3-2, and that's really the way, way it's got to go tonight. So, Ray, you mentioned how that Carolina hurricane, what it's like down there, because Tony D'Angelo, a guy that Bruins fans now just absolutely despise, and it's fun. I like having a villain in the series. He said it's so much louder down there, so, of course, Bruins fans get all upset, you know, but but is it? It sounds like it is. It sounds like it's crazy down there. It It is so loud in there. Like, so in my headset, you know, oftentimes I got to, like, I got to keep cranking up the producer because I can't hear him. Yeah. Like, you, you literally can't hear anything and when like you know we're gonna pull into the rink here in about five minutes and there's people here been tailgating it's like this doesn't happen in hockey it happens here so they've been out here and they're having a few and having a barbecue and then they go in and it's just it's hard to think and that's where teams you see that road in a lot of places yeah you know ray we could ray we i'm in the road we, we we call that hill, we, we, we call that hillbilly hockey. Ray is what you're <laughs> what you're talking about is what we like to call up here hillbilly hockey. 
Uh, you know, they, they thought they were going to a football game, and sure enough, they're playing hockey, but fine. The one thing that stands out to me, Ray, is the whole idea of, you know, the Hurricanes scoring first, getting your first goal of the game, and the first two games, really in every single game, they've got the first goal. And then, you know, in the last two games, the Bruins kind of, you know, whittle away at it, chip away at it, they get the lead, and then it makes me feel like the Hurricanes are like a front-run team. Like, if they don't have a lead, they, they can't handle the, the, the pressure. Well, I, I guess in Boston, they didn't. Um, you know, like it, they, they couldn't, they had a lead at one, nothing. They had a lead at two, one. Um, they take nine penalties. I mean, they shot themselves in the foot and the Bruins took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, whatever you think of the Bruins or whatever you think of, of Carolina, it's a really good team. They don't have a superstar. Like they don't have a Pasternak. They got Sebastian Ajo, who is a fabulous player, but Pasternak is, is a game changer. Carolina's got five 20 goal scores, a couple of 30 goal scores. They they're fast. They play this relentless style. And like most teams, they're built to play in front. You know, like the Rangers this year, won 27 times coming from behind. That's a terrible strategy because you're not going to do it in the playoffs. You, you got to get out in front. You got to protect the leads. You've got it. It's easier to be aggressive um, when your game is confident. Carolina lost all of it in Boston and they'll try and get it back tonight. Like, I don't know. It's two completely different series. The games that have been here mm-hmm. and the games that were up in Boston. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see where it tips tonight. But at some point, um, you know, this is going to come down to a special teams battle, and Carolina's gotten clobbered on it so far. Got a great for, yeah. You know, Sorry, Ray. Uh, ESPN. No thing, no right? Yeah, Ray will have the call tonight. Ray Farrell will have the call tonight on ESPN. Ray, I was just curious. Last thing for me here. So a few years back, you were drafted in the fifth round by the Hartford Whalers. So is this a tough one for you to watch? Seven seasons with the Whalers, and now they're the Carolina Hurricanes? No, you would find you would be hard-pressed to find a broadcaster that cares less who wins <laughs> than I do. Um, I, I really I – I don't know any of these guys. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I, I don't have this alumnus poll that – if I did, man, I'd be cheering for a lot of teams. I played for six teams. Right, it gets confusing after a while. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I want the games to be good. I want them to, uh, I want them to be entertaining. But if Carolina wins or Boston wins, I don't care. I mean, my earliest hockey memory was on this day in 1970. Yeah, there you right? go. Like that was my, that was my earliest memory watching the game with my dad in the afternoon, and um, you know, and and I became a Bruins fan. I was a Red Sox fan forever. Still am, and um, by the way, nice start they're off to. And um, uh, I, I don't, but I don't care if the Bruins win or lose. I just want the game to be good. I want Leeds to get all the numbers and names right. There I want to not screw up my part. There you go. All right, Ray. Listen, man, we appreciate you spending some time. Tell Steve we said hello and good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you. By the way, tell uh, Cammy, your wife, fellow Friar, ninety three. I said hi and the kids. I will. I told her I was coming on. She said, "Sweet Lou, say hi to Sweet Lou." So. All right. Enjoy the game tonight, Brian. To, to all of you, be well, and uh, thanks for the thanks for the time. We'll talk to you. All right, you got it. Ray Thank Ferraro, you. ESPN. He's got the call with Steve Levy tonight, huh?